Death Before Booze may discuss controversial or sensitive topics and is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Number six. We made it to six. You made it to six. I think we're here. Wherever here could be. We got this. We're in this for the long haul. So forever. Okay, what are we talking about today? Because it's your hubby's pick. It is. Um, well, first of all, I'm Jen. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Yeah, hi, I'm Sam. Ah, shit, I forgot again. It's fine. Like, literally, at this point, if people don't know who we are and they're listening to our... It's Welcome fine. It's fine. to it's this fine. new fine. podcast. We are only on episode six, and we still cannot get our shit together. Thanks. No. Oh, shit. We have notes. We have notes. This is death before booze. Let's put that yeah. in there, too. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Details. So, Details. yes, today is Dave's pick, and literally... He talked to me about something in particular. It's like, this is a mystery. And he was like, kind of bizarre, kind of a little creepy. So I believe we decided what happens at the lake. Yes. Is the, the title of this episode. Yeah. And the dot, dot, dot. Because so, it doesn't always yes, stay at the because, lake. Exactly. So I am going to be telling you the mystery of Lake Lanier in Georgia. So this week, I actually, because it's a mystery, I feel like it fits more into the team booze okay. because it's, but it's one of those mysteries that people are like, this is weird shit happens there. So here we go. So Lake Lanier is in Georgia. It is a man-made lake. Cool. It is a 3,000 acre recreational lake and it brings uh, millions of visitors and it brings in billions of dollars to the Georgia economy. So this is the reason why it's... Yeah, so it's the B. So the mystery involves the deaths and disappearances around the area. And in order to create the lake in the 1950s, they had to flood a town. So that's where the history comes in. And that's where I kind of talk about that town. Because there is technically like the lost city of Atlantis where it's like underneath the water. Like, So there's like a town underneath. Like if you go like swimming and diving, you'll see like houses. That's kind of what we're, we're going to get to. But it's just weird. So now some people think because the history is painted of um, the town, that's where it's cursed. But again, we start off with in 1830, um, the Cherokee tribe owned it. Of course, we all know how this is going to go, because usually whenever it starts off with a Native American burial ground or any of those things, you know how it goes. It's fucked. Yeah, um, sounds about right. Well, this one doesn't turn into a burial ground. Okay. This one is... It was owned, not much better though, it was owned by the Cherokee tribe. The U.S. government came in and was like, hey, get out. And they pushed them southeast, and that's where it kind of got into the Trail of Tears. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. So they so, had a town, they established their own little place, and good old America was like... And that's the early, that's 1830s because this town, there is a town that existed after because, of course, the U.S. government came in and was like, we own this now. Okay. So it's our town. So we take over. Okay. This is before it became a lake. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I'm so, back. I'm back. I'm back. We're good. So in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, the town was called Oscarville. And Oscarville was a small agricultural town. And it was said to be have a population that was mostly black individuals, so mostly African-American. Okay. Uh... So this all starts as a horror show for this town in 1912. Okay, there were two cases. The first one is two men were accused by a white woman of rape and burglary. I know I hate saying. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Grape. <laughs> Grape. I don't know. So. She accused these two guys. They went to the jail t- as like a holding type of cell. So a white mob, of course, of course. rioted mob. outside Perfect. the jail. Awesome. Yeah. Um, the guys were inside the jail anyway, but they were outside. It's again, To Kill a Mockingbird vibe. I was just going to say Atticus didn't yep. show up and say, hey, yo, let's nope. cut the shit out. 
you know, somebody did show up, and it was a black preacher. Okay. Who suggested that perhaps this was a consensual relationship. Not and back people did not then. want to hear and the people did not want to hear yeah. that. So the preacher was beaten, not to death, but he was like, basically the mob was like, how dare you say that that's such a horrible thing? We don't do interracial couples in this time frame. And Georgia. Ugh. Well, both men were convicted of this crime sh- and they were both hanged. Wow. Never would have guessed. Yeah. Right. Who would have well, known? Now, same year. Okay. Different case. A young 18-year-old May Crow, I believe her name was, was found dead and presumed raped in the woods. All right. So, that's so in 1912, they knew these things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's also presumed. Okay. So, again, Alleged. listeners presumed. Alleged. Presumed. So, once again, the white mob just loves to come out for these things. Dust it off the pitchforks. Um, bring them back out. Yep. So, this guy got a little bit worse. So, they didn't know if this guy was was again you just kind of go that guy looks suspicious and okay back then everybody just went okay fine mob mentality so they assumed and accused another black male who was shot beaten to death and then they hung him from a telephone pole so they shot him but he didn't die so they beat him to death they beat him to death and then they just hanged him from the telephone pole as if to be like and it's like come on now dracula it's, you know, it just sucks because, like, you're like, go away. Here's your lesson. Stop. African-Americans Stop. of the time don't fuck with the white people. And they probably didn't fuck with the white people to begin with. No. That's the thing. What it was assholes. alleged. They don't even know. Yeah. So these events, and it doesn't stop. Okay, because this is where it gets bad. So, it gets well, I mean, worse. it's already bad, but yeah. So, after these events, again, white supremacists of the time were very angry with the black people in the town of Oscarville. So, they threatened town them. And leave them the fuck alone. Agrees. It's kind of like the first coup that we ever had in like 1890 okay. in the South. It's very similar vibes to that. And the only reason I know that is because I teach American literature. So, they threatened and harassed the people in the town and then eventually chased people out, but not before killing people, burning down buildings, burning a church down with people in it that were going there for, like, sanctuary. Why? What the f- I can't. It just, th- this made me so I angry. Talk. I can't. Like, I hate people. I can't. I can't. Like, a fucking church? Like, Jesus' house, yeah. okay? Isn't it like 90% of the reason why, like, white people back then were such dicks? <laughs> like, am I wrong? And still are. Are you telling me I'm wrong right now? Because I don't think I am. No. I mean. No. Fuck. It's, oh, my God. But that's always, like, the holy ground for, like, demons and stuff. That's just a dick move to just. People are in there. You're going to burn it down. Good. So. A thousand survivors fled the city and went elsewhere after that, but only a thousand people got out of that city, even though it was a small, it was a small town. But still, people go in, chase people out again. I'm angry. Okay. Yeah. I. <laughs> I. So that happened in 1912. So between the Native Americans getting pushed out, and then between these two, these this thing happening, people kind of get the suspicion it, already the town doesn't have good vibes. Yeah. So. In the 1950s, they decided they needed to make a lake in order to get the water flow going. And because, again, they're not near the coastline. So they were like Sundays after church. I get it. (laughs) And they needed to create a lake to have a source of hydroelectric power in the Atlantic area. So like. You know. Oh, so there's a real reason, reason, not just not just a we just feel like flooding the thing. So. The problem with doing that is they had to actually create more land because the lake is so large so that they had to destroy land and relocate people and destroy structures Okay, okay to do that. So the people that, but again, it happens all the time where people, they're like, we have to build something here. Imminent so domain. if you live here, sorry, but not sorry. Yeah. So historically though, because of the time frame, um, and this was really interesting. Again, I got my information from Roanoke Tales on YouTube. You like that? He's got a great. I love him. He's so awesome. So historically in the South, and he's from Georgia, so he okay. gave me a little bit of insight. 
um, there are a lot of family grave sites because during the Civil War time, they would send the soldiers back home and they would bury them on their property. That. Yeah. Oh my God. So, all the because, cemeteries and shit that got flooded then. And it, and it made sense. Like, there's a lot of houses with family plots. Yeah. So, not only did they have that, they had to relocate graves. They had to relocate bodies. Now, here's the thing, though. Did they actually. A lot of families. We'll see that a lot of families said their graves were not relocated as promised. <gasps> so either they never relocated oh them God. or they just were like, eh, and they kind of didn't know what to do with them. I hate it. But also, consider the 1950s and how we, they don't have the technology and the engineer skills as they do now. There were probably a lot of corners that were cut because people were like, we need this hydroelectric thing. We need, we need water power. So there are a lot of buildings that were never removed. There are, again, grave sites that were never dug up and relocated. So there's structures, like full structures, that they just were like, whatevs, and then just cut the water. In fact, in 2007, there was a bad drought. So the lake, again, of course, goes down. You could see the top of, like, they have a whole raceway down there. And the top of stadium seating is, you can see from the lake yeah no like it's it's is there like a picture yeah. did you put a picture did you find a picture of this i didn't find a picture of that i'm gonna try and see if oh, i can like post my it God. next week that's we can do it cool. at least next week i can drive people to the facebook page and be like hey by the way this is what i was talking about yeah, oh, that's but nuts. it's nuts now given it's still a two it's still 200 feet deep that lake but the fact that there was that big of a drought that the top of stadium seating was seen like, that's crazy that's that so that is nuts there's stuff down there yeah. that was never like done it did take a while of course for the lake to be filled but once it was it went right over everything again it wasn't properly done which what, big surprise <laughs> so like hold so, on i'm surprised <laughs> so we get to the lady of the lake this whole mysterious paranormal lady of the lake okay so, 1958, again, right after the lake was made, Delilah Mae Parker Young and Susie Roberts were driving home from a dance. Delilah during the and 50s. Susie. Hey there, Delilah. Yep. What's it like down at the bottom of a lake down there in Georgia? I mean, sorry. I'm, I mean, spoiler alert, because that's, that's kind of where we're going. where this is going. So, they actually stopped at a gas station. Okay. And decided, we're going to drive away without paying. Rude. Dick move anyway, okay? I don't Dick think move. you deserve to die but for that, but you're fucking rude. They drive away without paying. Now, I do have a picture of the bridge because there is a nice little bridge that goes over the lake and everything. It's very pretty. It's very scenic and it's wonderful. So they drive over the bridge, but inadvertently drive off of the bridge. How'd they fuck that up? How do you fuck that up? There's a bridge I mean, and you stay on it. Just drive straight. It could have been during a time when it was icy. Maybe it was raining. Okay. Who freaking knows? But there was no, like, you know, the, the modern day bridges that have the sides. So there were no your cars going to actually. Oh, my God. I guess insurance wasn't. That's the 50s. Like, they mm-hmm. should have had insurance. It, it was stuff. a thing. Sue like you but do, still. You know? Yeah. So the two of them, again, the car went in there. They never resurfaced again. A year later, a decomposed body surfaced, but they were not able to identify whom this belonged to. We have a floater. Yes. <gasps> so. I don't like it. Eight. In 1990, the 1950s sedan was recovered from the lake <gasps> with Susie's decomposed body in the car. <gasps> Oh my so, god, imagine the smell. By, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. How? Why? Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. I didn't even really think about that. I just kind of went, oh. Oh. So we found we found this old 50s car with fucking skeleton and like fish and like di- I don't like it. I think the Meadowlands smell so, bad. Come smell this. So Based on identifying the car and and knowing it was Susie's body, they kind of process of elimination were like, all right, well, this has got to be Delilah's that came up in 1958. 
Now, before the car and the body were discovered in the car, people used to see a lady near the lake, near the bridge, so right around that area, in a blue dress just wandering around. Okay. Okay. And they would say this was the lady of the lake. Because it's not like she was real. She was just this oh, figure. Oh, okay. Like a lady in yeah, white. Yeah, like an apparition. Type of thing. Got it. Yes. Okay. So, now again... It was said that they would see her usually at night around that time. Like, so that's usually when ghosts come out, which, again, I don't know why it's night versus. I don't know. I'm just. Uh, You want to know what the real reason is? A lot of times um, it's easier to debunk at night what you're seeing, because if you figure during the day, you have the sun, you have light, you have shadows, you have movement, you have all this stuff at night because it's already dark. They're like the shadow side of things is easier to decipher. So that's okay, a lot of times why investigators, paranormal stuff, they'll go at night because it just takes out that light and shadow and f- like playing with your eyes and all that. It just removes that does make sense that factor. That does make yeah, sense. Sorry, fun so, little fact. So they would see this lady dressed in blue wandering around near the bridge, and they would say if you didn't pay attention while you were in the lake that she would snatch you and drag you under never to be seen again oh oh god then the car and the body was found and that she kind of disappeared oh that's good. almost kind of implying that she's like look for me yeah like you they know? found like, me like that's kind of what i thought compressed. oh I like that part. I mean, that's kind of what I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of creepy when you're like, oh, dry? like was there still or how it decompose? Do you think? I think it decompose. Yeah. I think the the dry, like everything well, decomposed yeah. because water's not kind to things. No, no. <laughs> so now the years that follow, okay. this lake has is very so weird. So from the '90s, still we're and, talking. Okay. Yes. So years to follow, things have happened on or around the lake area and it just seems odd so fact since 1994 at least 200 people have died at this lake died at the like in the lake yes like there's been either in or around but there's people drowned and had some kind of death 200 in that lake holy shit okay at least 200 oh my god i'm not going there now there were 27 people who were never recovered so they went into the lake and never came back out like to this day like they have not found that yes no not going there found them no so after these people and they disappeared and their friends of course were like hey we're looking for them they went into the, the water we can't find them they dredged the lake and they brought dive teams in and they just could not find I, 27 I people. Like now, this is from 1994. So, like, and this is almost I'm gonna 20 throw, years. That's 10 people, at yeah. least 10 people a year. Have, and I'm going to throw like some crazy facts at you about the past three years. Okay, when in, so, the lake still has a lot of structures underneath there again. And even though it's 200 feet, People, the water is super murky, so the possibility of someone diving in, because it is recreational, you go out, you fish, the water's super murky, but again, like, the idea, like, someone's going fishing, they go, and they go tubing, they go diving, there's a possibility that if you go deep enough, you might hit a structure underneath there, possibly get knocked unconscious, and then just never resurface, because you get trapped under there, because again, they didn't do a good job of getting rid of the town underneath there. So the possibility that there's the 27 people are under yeah. there trapped somewhere Imagine is very they, like, likely. Got stuck, like if they were like fucking around diving and whatever and they found a building and yeah. they like, ran out of oxygen and were just stuck in a building. Yeah. It's crazy. Like and nowadays they say they're not going to allow divers to go in there at all because and like rescue divers. So they send robots instead. Like Titanic. I, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Oh, um, and you said all this started in 1912 with all the things. That's when the Titanic went down in 1912. April 14th. So that's when that crazy again the cursed idea of the town came in, and now years later we're getting all this shit. So as of the past three years, okay, Okay. 2020, seven people drowned. Did they blame COVID? It could be. (laughs) 2021. Four people drowned. Holy shit. 2022, six people drowned. 
This year, six people died so far and counting because there are people. Yeah. Well, there are people from like August that they haven't added to the count yet. So it's (gasps) insane. There's someone who who drowned in July and then someone who drowned in August. Like, it's just it's so crazy. There's been a petition that people throw around because apparently Usher's ex-wife, Tamika Foster, her son passed away, drowned in this lake while tubing. So she's been throwing around this petition to be like, close this shit down until we can get safety measures in place. Like, let's do that. What safety measures are you going to do? I guess destroy the buildings underneath like you were supposed to the first time but like oh my god that's crazy it's insane so may 2023 the petition's still kind of going around they got a ton of signatures but it's still open they're thinking that maybe we should close it for recreational purposes until we figure out what the hell is do what the hell's going on here to cause so many things so i'm going to give you the last two this year all right so july 27th thomas milner Died of possible electrocution. Was he like by the boats? Like in the where the boats are? Technically, because after he drowned and he kind of had that whole electrocution, a family friend went in to get him, but felt like a, a sharp shock sensation in the water. So he went over to and turned off the power yes. box that was near the dock. Yes. So because there's that that boat lift and there's the, the that's boat why i was lift saying was he by the boat so over there because there's shit like that i again it's just such a weird thing you're like he went to the lake and he got electrocuted yeah. but like it it makes sense and then here's my now, question August... wait i'm so sorry to cut you off because okay. i have questions no it's that fine i don't think you're going to be question. able to answer but i just need to put it out there listeners if you have an answer how is it that water is such a good conductor of electricity that if this thing is in the water Right, and the guy jumps in the water, and he gets electrocuted. But the other dude jumped in the water and didn't get electrocuted. But like people on the other side, like, is there like a electricity can only move this far through water? Like, how is the whole place not? Like, is there like a barrier? Does it only go so far? Like, I'm not an engineer. I don't understand how this works. But I kind of always thought that if there was electricity in water, oh my god, I said it right. What? No, I didn't. Whatever. Water. Whatever that word is, <laughs> like it would just be like all of it was electric now. Water is water and fire are the two things that are like it's so scary because like they are they destroy so everything. Unassuming, and water and yet is they like can be so dangerous. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Like when it comes to the ocean and stuff, I am I'm terrified because I'm like I I don't play around in that shit. People who are like I'm just gonna dive in and be stupid about stuff. I'm like the water's not gonna give a shit about like the ocean can crush you like that's just how it works and there's all kinds of weird things in there the fish I'm, have sex no, i can't do lots it. of cum yeah and they pee in it so they it's fine like, <laughs> yeah there are two different people in this world you have gens who are normal and then you have sam's who are like i'm not getting in the ocean because you know fish shit and pee in the water they have sex in the water i know the asshole next to me at the jersey shore just pissed in the water that's why he sat down i mean that's, that's why i don't go in water <laughs> jen doesn't go in for normal reasons there's two types of people in this world and you now have met both types so yeah. august 3rd a man disappeared yeah. completely and then they found him drowned in the lake now whether he was at the lake just kind of chilling out and then like he just disappeared for a second or whether he was somewhere else and then he was in the lake later it's unclear the article really kind of didn't really give me much on that but the fact that within like days not even a week of each other there's two people it's crazy so again to kind of to pull everything together some people say that the lake is cursed because of the racially charged historical tragedy that happened in 1912. Some people say because of the structures that are still like they were very haphazardly taken care of. Whatever it is, Lake Lanier has more deaths than any other lakes in the surrounding area by like a no. third of the reported deaths. That's yeah. sick. So that's and it's just a yeah. mystery. 
Nobody needs to, like, bless the lake. Like, why don't they, like, call out the priest? Like, you know. They're not even doing safety hazards. They're like, it's fine. And it's like, yeah, but there's people that are disappearing in this lake that, like, go in and then you turn around and, you know, John's not there anymore. All like, I'm picturing right now what? is all of the cemeteries. Know? Like, think about it. It's going to creep everybody out. I'm getting goose, goose pimples. You, like, all of the, like, spirits and souls of all the people who were, like, buried and then, like, flooded them. Like, all their, like, picture, like, all their ghosts and, like, just ripping you down from the surface. Like, you didn't even have a shot. I don't, I don't like, like it. Oh, I hate it. I don't like it. I don't. I hate I don't that. Like I any hate of it. it. Like not even a little bit. I feel like we like. I hate that, and I don't like that. We say so I often. Hate that. <laughs> I hate oh, it. I freaking. Well, that's can. a great. Are, are you done? That was very good. If you are done, that was. Fantastic. I am completely done. So here's your segue. segue into I hate him. Oh, I hate yes. him. Yes, I love the. I, I hate. I love him. it. We're, we're there. Um. Okay. So we hate him. I have a lot of prefaces for this case right now. Get ready for it. Um, I know we we kind of played what happens at the lake. I may have misunderstood Mm -hmm. the assignment, but I'm going to let you make that decision after you hear my story. Okay. Sure. Um, It is (laughs) so fucked. Um, And I will be saying we hate him quite often. Be prepared. I'm so excited. So <laughs> we are back in Connecticut because, you know, I didn't know how fucked up Connecticut was until I moved here or until we started this podcast, at least, because I think this is like my third case here in Connecticut and pe- they, there must be something in the water. Like people are fucked. The, this shit is crazy. This the, like nobody th- suspects this state because it's small. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. So we're mm-hmm. gonna talk mm-hmm. about Helicrafts. Um we'll start from the beginning. Hello Lork Nielsen was born July nineteen forty seven in Charlottenland, Denmark. Nailed it. As a child, she was interested in aeroplanes. So when she grew up, uh, she became a stewardess, flight attendant, whatever we call them nowadays. Um in nineteen sixty-nine she met her then husband, Richard Crafts in florida while she was training as a pan am flight attendant you know or do you know what story i'm telling right now okay the second you do you let me know at the time they met richard was a pilot for eastern airlines he was also a part-time police officer and he had flown for the marines at some point like he was a veteran um, in 75, Hella at 28, and Richard got married and settled in Newtown, Connecticut, and popped out three kids, two boys and a girl. In 84, Richard was diagnosed with late-stage cancer and was given very low survival rate. No, don't do that. We don't like him. We don't oh, like sorry, him. We hate we him. Hate That's him. right. Don't, we hate don't him. Out. I'm sorry. Don't I pouty face. Fuck I'm him. Sorry. We don't like him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really sorry. want anybody to sorry. get cancer. That was really mean, but I still don't like him. Fine. He survived. So okay. even amongst the celebration of, you know, knowing that Richard would live, birth, um, close friends knew the marriage was on the rocks. They weren't having the best time. Hella had told people she was getting hit sometimes. He was very secretive. He was aloof. Didn't really give a shit about her. So, like, people knew they weren't on the best terms at that point. You know, they were kind of making it, but okay. it wasn't great. In 86, Hella kind of started to think that Richard was having an affair. So she went to a lawyer, started figuring out what her choices were, what she could do, and she hired a PI. The PI's name was Keith Mayo, and she was really just trying to garner evidence because, you know, it's still the 80s. Yes, divorce was becoming more of a normalized thing, an everyday thing. But at the same time, you know, she wanted to protect herself. So she got the PI to do the research to be like, look, he's definitely cheating on me. Um, That makes sense. Later that year in October, she officially filed for divorce, but she made a point to tell her lawyer and a few friends, you know, if something happens to me, it wasn't an accident. Oh, I don't like when that happens. I don't like when people say it. I hate it. I can't. So between... That time and November 18th, which I'm getting to, she confronted Richard and said, you know, 
I think you're having an affair. This is what's going on. I want a divorce. And he tried to turn the tables and was like, my cancer came back. Oh. You can't divorce me. My cancer came back. So she called the doctor because she's fucking smart and is like, his cancer's back. And he went, no, he's fine. Perfect bill of health. Beautiful man. Don't. He's fine. Nothing's wrong with him. So she went, fuck you. We're getting divorced. Good for her. Smart bitch. I like her. On November 18th, 1986, between 6.30 and 7, one of her girlfriends dropped her off at home. She had just finished a flight from Frankfurt to New York. She got home. You know, she's ready to take her bra off. No one ever saw her again. I hate that. So she disappeared. A few days later, she no-called no-show for a flight. So Pan Am called her husband and was like, what's up? Where is she? Is she okay? So he was like, he started telling stories and he told a couple different stories. So the first one was that she'd gone to Denmark to take care of her ill mother. The second one was, oh, she went with a friend to the Canary Islands. And the third one was, <laughs> she just up and left didn't tell me anything. She wanted to divorce me. Um, at first, police weren't really concerned because Richard had a story and hell is a grown ass woman. She's 38, 39 years old. She can do what she wants. You know, she had already filed for divorce. So obviously they weren't have on the best terms. So maybe she did just up and leave on um, December 1st, 1986. Somebody, the smart person of the group finally reached back out to that PI Keith Mayo and was like, yo, she disappeared and we don't know what happened. So he's on the case. The police aren't. Yeah, but he Ooh, okay so mayo first interviewed the family's nanny dawn marie thomas um and she told mayo you know richard was acting weird november 19th there was a big snowstorm so he took her and the kids over to the sister's house and said hello was already there was gonna meet them you know she got dropped off there instead of the house because the power was out which it really wasn't at the time it was like a big weird thing so they get to the house and hell is not there but richard leaves again He's there. He hangs out for a while and leaves. Richard just acted like everything was absolutely fine. Dawn also said to Mayo that she noticed a dark stain on the bedroom carpet right after she went missing. Um, And magically, Richard had to replace the carpet in the bedroom. Of course he did. So there was no carpet there anymore. She also said that she had learned that Richard had purchased a large freezer that was no longer on the property. Yeah. No. So Mayo's kind of collecting all this stuff and skips over like the regular police and went right to the county prosecutor and was like, yo, shit's popping off. Somebody needs to look into this. And the prosecutor's like, oh, you're right. We should do this. So they get the CT state police involved and everybody's finally firing on all cylinders at the same time. It only took a fucking month, longer than a month, but we finally got there. So December 16th, Richard takes his kids down to Florida. You know, we need a vacation after all this nonsense. They search his home. Police uh, brought in a forensic investigator, Henry Lee, to analyze whatever evidence was found. They found uh, pieces of the old bedroom carpet because not only was he stupid enough to do all this, he didn't get rid of it, moron. Um, there was. <laughs> what did he keep in the closet? It, I think they found it in the basement. Like, they, and it wasn't, like, the whole carpet. So, like, it was, like, picture, like, a big circle, right? It, it's, like, not a huge circle. They said there was, like, about grapefruit size, like, a circle and then a couple little dots. Like, it wasn't even, like, a huge fucking body stain. It was just some things. So he literally just cut out no, the, like... I think they did the whole oh, carpet. However, there were pieces of the carpet still left downstairs. Like, he didn't just throw it all away or burn it or do something with it. Hello? You're an idiot. So they found that. They found blood splatter on the side of the mattress. Um, and they also found blood spatter or blood on bathroom towels. Because that's, you know, what he tried to clean up with. So Dr. Lee concluded that because of, like, the blood spatter and how it was found, Hella had probably um, been hit, you know, blunt force trauma to the head. Probably been hit twice. So then they start pulling Richard's credit card statements and they see what he's spending his money on. So he bought a new bed sheets and a new comforter. Yep. A chainsaw. Of course. He rented a wood chipper. 
Oh, no. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Whenever you bring a wood chipper in, it's always... Ah! Eddie rented a U-Haul. I'm done. <laughs> I'm... Do you know what story... You know what story I'm telling now, obviously. I, I think yeah. I know... Where, what where this is going but i don't think oh, i ever knew like the name of the i really people. thought you were here because i heard about this case in christopher's basement ken told me about it and i thought you were with us like when this happened like when he and i first started no. dating he told me this and i was like some guy put his wife through a wood chipper <laughs> all right um shortly after they found all this and the cops are still investigating like all this is going on a snow plow driver joseph hines came forward and reported that while plowing snow by southington by Lake Zora, he saw that there was like a rented truck with a wood chipper at the edge of the lake around 3 a.m. and saw something getting put into the lake with the wood chipper. So there's a truck with a wood chipper <laughs> and stuff going into a lake. Here's my lake. I had a lake. No, it, it makes sense. The, I see the I lake. I did it. Okay. I see it. <laughs> I found the lake. It's right here. It, it, it all connects. So Heinz took authorities to Lake Zor to show them exactly where he had, where he saw the wood chipper and the truck and all that. They found wood chips, an envelope with Hella's mm-hmm. name on it, strands mm-hmm. of blonde hair, small bone fragments, blue fibers, a piece of metal, a pink painted toenail, and O-type blood. So they brought divers in. They started to look in the lake. They found a chainsaw with the serial number scratched off with hair and fibers still stuck in the teeth. They matched all that. It all matched uh, our girlfriend, Hella. Uh, The crown of a tooth, human tissue, more hair, more blood, more everything. So police were able to figure out the serial number because this idiot couldn't even scratch it off well enough. And wait, it gets better. He filled out the warranty card that you send back to the manufacturer with, yeah, no, no, fucking bright. This guy is, this guy is, he's on it. Fucking Richard. You know what? I hope he got, I hope he got his warranty money though. I hope he got it. He's Richard and he's a fucking Richard. So yeah, he sent the warranty card in. That's how they matched up. That that was definitely his chainsaw. Like that was how they figured it out. Like you fucking idiot. Um, I just keep thinking yeah. like he just takes this chainsaw and just like hurls it right into the lake. Basically, like, that's what he did. Like he's just like fuck it. Like he, he. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. So with all of this, they go back to the house again. They try and find evidence. Like they want to find Hella's hair for DNA. They found that she had the nail polish, and the nail polish color matched the toenail. Um. I, I wrote Lake Zor from here on in, like, almost every bullet. Because I was like, this is the lake. <laughs> <laughs> I got into a lake. Um, I see yes. the lake, okay, though. Good. I got it. I thought I was reaching. Um, so from there, they also got Hella's dental records and realized that the tooth that they found matched. And the little piece of metal that they found was actually from another filling in her mouth. I hate yep. it. So the police, Dr. Lee, whoever it was, got the same exact wood chipper that this guy used, that Richard had used. And they, like, you know, were still finding, like, pieces and blood and there was traces in there. But they also, like, just to hit the nail on the head, they took a pig carcass, they froze it, and they put it through the machine. And there was a very specific signature groove so when all the bone fragments were coming out, they had the same like cuts and grooves and scratches in them as the bone fragments that they had found that were, you know, Hellas. Uh, they also got the U-Haul. They tested it and they found tissue samples that proved human remains were in the back of that. He didn't even clean the U-Haul when no, he gave it back? he's a fucking idiot. He sent in the manufacturer well, warranty card. You know I what, can't. though? Thank you know, thank God the criminal yes. is stupid because, yes. like, fuck it. Dumb like... enough to do shit like this. Be smart enough not to get caught, or just keep being dumb so we know how fucking dumb just you don't... are. Right? Or you could not do it. That would be the best thing to do. You're absolutely right. Just I don't do it. That'd be that. best. Um, they never yeah. found the freezer. Is it at the bottom of the lake? 
They didn't find it, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he threw the freezer in the lake. Smart enough, he would have put the fucking <laughs> chainsaw in the freezer in the lake. In oh the my freezer, god, it would have been like one of those like Russian nesting dolls of murder. Yeah, like what? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, and also, they never found, like, a body or big pieces of a body. Like, they never found a hand or of a foot. Of course not. They only found, like, tissue. I think altogether it was, like, less than three ounces of actual tissue matter. Like, it was just gone. Teeth. They found, they found like, a tooth or a couple teeth, some bone fragments, stuff like that. So, on January 5th, 1987, Richard was back from vacation. And they brought him in for questioning. And just to throw this out there, normally when you arrest somebody or you somebody died, like you do this and you like say, hey, there's been a murder. You need a body. You know, they really didn't have a body. So they brought in a forensic dentist. And this is how they were able to get him for murder without having a body because they checked her dental records and, you know, all of that matched up. So then on January 13th, 1987, Connecticut coroner put out Hella's death certificate. Another thing that you really can't do without a body, but because of the dentist, they were able to do this. So because they put through the death certificate, they could charge him with murder. Oh, okay. Because there are cases that you can try somebody without a body, but you just have to prove that there was a murder. So this was the first one in Connecticut. This is the first murder case where oh. they were able to try and do all this without a body because of the forensic without a dentist. Body. I mean, you got pieces of the body, so less I guess- than three ounces Blech. though. This is what I'm saying. Like Blech. they don't have a body; they have traces of a of a body. Yeah. Okay. So something else really cool happened on January 13th. Richard was arrested, and he was held Yay. on bail for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. The murder trial was set for May 1988. Um, Because of the media circus of this case, they had to try him in New London. The prosecution claimed motive was he didn't want to get divorced. Cool, so let's fucking kill her, because that makes it so much better. I don't want to divorce my wife. I'll just fucking murder her. What an asshole. Don't like him. And I mean, what do you tell your, like, what do you tell your kids? Like, oh yeah, mom just ran yeah, away. Gone. Like, whatever. We go on vacation like, without her. How do you, fu- how do you, how do you hang out with your kids after that? And like, I just can't He's, get that. I just, I just can't. Yeah. I, um, we hate him. I so hate that's him. fine. We hate him. Uh, the prosecution brought in the dealer who sold Richard the freezer, who testified that Richard would not give his name or address, would only pay cash and insisted on picking up the freezer himself. Yeah, that's not a good yeah, sign. I'm seeing red flags. Dawn, the nanny, yeah. was also brought in to testify. She said that she had heard them fighting on November 14th. So this is a few days before she disappeared. And that was probably when she told him that she wanted the divorce. So this yep. is a quote um, from one of my sources that I totally should have wrote down. But it will be on our website. So make sure you go check out our website at deathbeforebooze.com. <laughs> and you can see all of our stuff for blogs. Okay. So according to prosecutors, on the night of her disappearance, Hella put the children to bed around 8 before changing into her nightshirt, which matched the blue fibers on the riverbank, and checking the mail. (sighs) Once in her room, Richard struck her head twice with a police flashlight, because, you know, he was a part-time cop, before before wrapping her body in the bed sheets and stuffing her into the freezer that he kept in the garage to freeze her body. He returned to the bedroom to try and clean up the blood stain on the carpet using the bathroom towels. <laughs> After dropping off Dawn and Bro. the children at his sister's house, Richard returned home, where he took Hella's body out of the freezer, it had been frozen, and transported it via U-Haul, where he dismembered her with a chainsaw, ran the pieces through the wood chipper. As the body was frozen, there was no blood spatter. Afterward, he took apart the chainsaw and threw it into the lake. Mm, Richard that. took the stand in his defense. Of course oh, he did. Oh, fuck that. I'm surprised he didn't try to defend himself because that's how idiots yeah. do it. Yeah, that's the, I think that's the only step he missed in the playbook was defending himself. You're defending Guess yourself. He on the stand. <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. I'm sad. Yeah, I'm 
sad. I'm sad that she's gone. I didn't know. I didn't know that she was in the woodshed. How would I go fuck yourself? Why would I buy a freezer and then make it disappear and then rent a wood chipper? I mean, yeah. So the trial ends 17 days later after deliberation. A mistrial was declared. One of the jurors wanted to acquit him about all charges. So a sec... Why? He just didn't think they put the pieces together well. I mean... I mean, there are no pieces. Like, there's all pieces. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. He just left and went through a fucking wood chipper. All the pieces. Oh, my God. All the fucking pieces. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I would have been like, you fucking dickhead. Imagine that. Like, if I had to sit on a jury and listen to some guy tell me that this like piece of shit did not kill his wife i'd be like were you in the same fucking courtroom i was like where the fuck were you i don't know there was however a second trial in norwalk on november 21st 1989 and after eight hours of deliberation he was found guilty and sentenced to 50 years in prison where he would be eligible for parole in 2022 In 1993, Richard appealed his conviction, saying that the circumstantial Uh nature of the evidence wasn't enough to garner a conviction, and the publicity of the crime had tainted the jury. Uh Yep. Uh, The Connecticut Supreme Court said, shut the fuck up and sit your ass down. You're staying in prison. Thank you, Connecticut. (laughs) That same year, Richard requested access to Hella's estate. Connecticut all said you're fucking I'm denied. Sorry. Denied. I, no. No. I'm sorry. You, you, you're you sitting in jail and you're like, by the way. You're sitting I get in jail stuck. for murdering her. Hold up. Can I get the money for, can I get that money? Do I get her insurance? <laughs> like, what the fuck? You stupid. Um, Richard was released from prison for good behavior January 30th of 2020. So that motherfucker came out right before COVID. Could you imagine you get released from prison and you automatically are detained in your house because of a fucking pandemic? That's <laughs> There's gotta some, be some that's irony some in that. justice if you ask me. Welcome to the world. So he's, he's out. Yeah. So he he's was out. assigned to... He was assigned to live at the Isaiah House halfway house in Bridgeport, Connecticut. He recently, in the past like year or so, moved to a homeless shelter for veterans as part of his transition into full release from custody. As of August 1st, 2020, Richard was set to be fully released at 82. If he is still alive, he would be 86 today. And All right, so he's like round in the corner of his lifespan so he got to live a nice long full life yeah i mean i don't know what the connecticut prisons are like but like i I, i'm sure he didn't have a good time but he was a veteran yeah he yeah like did i I miss that remember he was a pilot in the marines oh yeah yeah, okay i was gonna say he just fucking did (sighs) he pulled the veteran card to get uh so the three children were eight ten and eleven at the time there were two boys and a girl they were eight ten and eleven they were removed from the home and they lived with Richard's sister, Karen, in Westport. So I really didn't find anything about them now. I'm sure they just want to like lay low and like not do anything. Of course. That makes but sense. But they were absolutely removed from the situation. They didn't end up in foster care or anything. They were placed with relatives. And Good. I'm going to try to um, imagine that they lived a very happy, healthy life and they are amazing and having the best lives now. And I'm also going to the the in my head. I'm thinking they didn't have any contact with dad because they're like, "Go fuck yourself. You're an asshole." And well, I, I, I did see that his um, his sister Karen fully believed he did it. Like it wasn't like she was under the guise of like my brother is being framed. Right? Like she straight up was like, "No, yeah, he did it. Like it's fine. Like not it's fine. That's not the right way to say it." But but yeah, she like, wasn't no, fighting for him to I get out. She saying. wasn't like, "No, he's innocent." Like it was not. She was like, "No, he killed her," and I'm gonna make sure her the kids are okay. Like she did the right thing. She took care of that. That's too bad. And just in case anybody thinks that this sounds familiar, this quote unquote wood chipper murder has influenced many references in pop culture. Probably most notable Fargo. 
1996 critically acclaimed film. There was a reference of it on The Good Doctor, obviously Law and Order. In there was a 1989 movie called The Wood Chipper Massacre, and it was this case was covered on the pilot episode for Forensic Files in 1996. And that is wow. the story of the horrible, atrocious, terrible murder of Helicrafts. See, I never knew the names, but like as you were going, I'm like, I have, I know yeah. this case. I just never knew the names of this the people. This is like the first true it's, crime that Ken told me about for Connecticut, and that's why. Well, literally, that's it. Like that's Connecticut. When you say Connecticut, you're like, oh, the guy who like put his wife wood to chipper. the wood chipper. And so you got a team booze, a team death. We are full on sinister. Um, yep. Yeah. Anything? Anything yeah. you want to say about today's fantastic episode? Don't swim in lakes. That don't know. flooded towns. It's yeah, no lakes. Lakes yeah. freak me out. And uh, again, it's not like the ocean is is scary in a whole different sense. Lakes freak me out because most of the time you don't know where the yep. bottom is. It's too muddy to see the yep. bottom, and you're like, and I don't know what the fuck is in here because there could be fish, there could be other things, and I don't want to. I no. What always freaks me I'm out, like I never really think I'll hit the bottom of a lake. I'm not a big body of water swimmer. I'm not really a big swimmer. Period. Mm-hmm. Pools even freak me out. But remember when you're a kid and you jump into the deep end. And, like, you start to run out of breath, so you kick off of the floor so you can get to the top faster. Like, in my head, I'm like, what Mm -hmm. if I dive in, hit the bottom, and I go to kick? But, like, my feet get stuck. And, like, you're looking up and you're just dying. Like, I can't. Yeah. That freaks me out. I don't want to do it. Yeah, it's... Lake's just... No. I don't like it. Mm -mm. I especially Mm -hmm. don't like it now that I know that there could be a whole fucking town under me with dead body. Oh, I hate it. I don't like that at all. Well, this was a fun episode. Thank you for coming and stopping yeah. by again to listen. Uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and I can honestly say I put some stuff up on our Pinterest. Yay! Yay. It's just like drink bed <laughs> news and like scary places that we want to visit. <laughs> um, wherever you listen, make sure you rate, review, and tell a friend. Um, subscribe also. Forgot that one. Uh, if you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform, you know, let us know. We'll try and figure it out. I'm reading my list right now. Uh, make sure you visit our website, which I already said is www.deathbeforebooze, B as in Bravo, O-O-S.com. You'll find our merch page and our Patreon page there, so you can follow us on Patreon. We are working on so much amazing content. It's going to be so fun. Um And send in your creepy, crazy stories because we're still working on a listeners type episode. Did I get it all? Exciting. Yep. We are good. Thanks. Come back again. Bye. All right. Come back. Stay spooky.